0: I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Morning, oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man and God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays, eleven a.m. to one p.m., and throughout the week with our replay, six a.m. to eight a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, eighty-eight point three WXUT. Morning,
1: Judas
0: Priest! <laughs> We're back here on 88.3 WCTs. After further review, second week of the playoffs, just getting around the corner. Started last week, last Saturday. Now we're in the second week, and David Man Got Harris is going to have a review of the first week and his thoughts on it. And David, what you what you what you talking?
1: All right, so we'll start out east, kind of the hot button series so far. More for its physicality and trash talking has been the Brooklyn Nets versus the Philadelphia 76 Sixers. Kind of the big story from this week: Garrett Dudley speaking truth about Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons kind of feeling some kind of way, you know, and his feelings about it. And kind of, we kind of expected this coming. Kind of, it's been known throughout the league that really Ben Simmons strength is really just attacking the basket, attacking the basket. And if he has to shoot the ball, and we he know he's not going to We know he can't shoot like that. That's not surprising to anyone. But I think that's the way that especially, in Game Two, and then we saw a little bit in Game Three. Kind of, if Ben Simmons is not attacking the basket, then his game is not anything that can be scary in terms of a defense. Like if he's attacking the basket, if he's getting aggressive, he's getting to the line. Like that's how Philadelphia is going to advance. And I think in Game Three, it helped a little bit and beat without. And so it basically became, you know, the Ben Simmons offense. And so he took more of an onus to attack the basket. But, like, my my concern is if it's going to take someone trash-talking you to really bog down and get aggressive, it's going to take your own fan base calling you out and saying that you're playing like crap for you to get motivated enough to, you know, care about an offensive performance. Like, if it's taking all these external factors to make you want to attack the basket, then are all these rumors about you kind of taking everything to heart really true? Are you really just proving all these other people right in that you're kind of feeling some kind of way? And I, and I think that could probably play for Brooklyn's advantage the rest of the series, because if they can get inside Ben Simmons' head, if they can find a way to fill off the... Clog up the paint and force the other shooters to beat them. That can really make Ben Simmons have a you know a struggling night. I don't want to say he's going to go like oh from eight from the field like Kyle Lowry did, or Kyle Lowry has the potential to do. But like I think if they can clog up the paint, maybe Brooklyn can make this a series. Take it back to two two, and then in three games, anything can happen. Right. Yeah, I I'm curious kind of how Game Four will go. I don't know if Embiid is going to play. If he does, we know that he's you know safe tough guy. And yes, I said it. But if, I'll be interested to see kind of how that series go, especially if if again Brooklyn can find their offense can get into rhythm and make Ben Simmons shoot. <laughs>
0: That yeah, that is a good interesting series. Next one,
1: or in the East. I guess we can talk about Indiana and Boston. Just to get this out of the way. How bad is Boston that you're down to an Indiana team that can't shoot late, really doesn't have a scoring option, and you need all work, all world performance from Kyrie Irving and Al Horford to survive against Indiana. Like, like, I know a lot of people probably mentioned this in passing, but like, there is no Victor Oladipo. Like, there is no, hey, we need to like look at this guy and focus on this guy as a threat to him. Like, is it Tyreek Evans? Like, not, no disrespect to Tyreek, but like, is he the number one point option in Indiana? Is it Bogdanovich? Is it the bonus? Like, who is the number one scoring option? And I think for me, if Boston is to be this dark horse heading into the next round, if they can actually get past Indiana, which hopefully they do, like that raises some questions because Boston should be blowing Indiana out of the water. No, I don't.
0: I don't don't know about that one, David. Indiana is a really good team. Nah, even even though, even on paper, they have solid players. The problem with Indiana is they don't have Victor Oladipo. And this shows you in the playoffs that you need star power and guys that could be shot makers and create their own shot. That's really the edge that Boston has. I think if it was Victor Oladipo playing in this series, uh, this probably would be maybe 2 1 Boston or maybe even 2-1 Indiana. It could have went either way. So, I mean, you're saying on paper, yeah, they should be blowing them out. But, I mean, think about it. Tyree Evans was a hell of a player when he came into the league. Top draft pick. I believe he might have been up there for rookie of the year at one point. You know, Collinson's not a bad player. Bondanovic isn't a bad player. Uh, Thaddeus Young was pretty good when he was with the 76ers. The problem is with the Pacers, basically, they don't have that star guy like a uh, Victor Oladipo to get them. Uh, points whenever he can, wants to score, and Kyrie Irving is just basically lighting them up. But other than that, team wise, the Pacers aren't a bad team. They just need almost like one more piece to make them a top three team in the East. So I, I'm not surprised by this. Um, yeah, Boston's up 3-0, but the difference is, is that they got guys that could be shot makers and playmakers. Yeah, and it takes a
1: Kyrie Irving kind of performance. It takes like how like Gordon Hayward who's able. To be that dominant player, there are so glimpses of that kind of player when he was in Utah. But then it also, like, if Indiana's playing tough and they're playing the team basketball, can you look at another team and say, "Hey, if we're a Philadelphia, if we're uh, Toronto, if we can get up on three zero on this team, and we we know that we can give Kyrie some problems, we know we can give Al Horford problems." And so it just becomes a matter of, okay, what can we do to make a difference? But well, I think this would be one interesting kind of series.
0: Mm, that's true. On to the next one.
1: All right, the, the big series so far: Orlando and Toronto. I'm like I want to say that this is just Toronto being Toronto. Just they always make people nervous. In the first round. And then after we saw game one, we're like, really? Come on, man. Like, if no one else, you guys were supposed to be the team that leads 3 0. You're supposed to be the team that dominates, even though, you know, you have the history of the playoff woes. But I really think that this could go six. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Orlando stole one at home, play them close, and then. Again, if it's tied 2 2, do I think Toronto will eventually progress forward? Yeah. But at the same time, Orlando's proven that, hey, yes, we snuck into the playoffs kind of sort of late at the end, but this team basketball is really kicking our butt. And because Orlando, like they really, again, they don't have like a star player to the level of top five, top 10 caliber, but. They got some pieces together. Mm,
0: true. Next one.
1: And then the last one your Pistons and Bucks.
0: Well, I wouldn't say your Pistons yeah. and Bucks.
1: Well, Bucks. well the Pistons. Mm. Frank Frank Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to say it's going as we expected, but.
0: Well, I think what it is is that without Blake Griffin, there's no chance. I mean, like, once again, there's no no star player for the Pistons. And I said if they would have had Blake Griffin and good guard play, this series would be, you know, I thought the Pistons could get one or two or maybe even shock them a little bit. But without Blake Griffin – I mean, there's no shot. Yeah, the the twenty you can't replace that twenty five points per game, and he's a star. No, Reggie Jackson's playing really well. Luke Kennard's playing pretty good, but yeah, there's there's just a little bit too much from Milwaukee, and plus they can't stop Giannis. So, I mean, like I said, when the main player is out, you know that, that it's pretty that's pretty hard to, to kind of replace there. So, yeah,
1: and if people are looking at Drummond as the Drummond's the problem. It's like, no. Yeah, Drummond, Drummond is good, but, you know, it's always good if you have another big man down there. And Drummond's more of a rebounder kind of guy around the rim. He's not going to be a scoring option in the way that Blake Griffin is. That's a big. No. And stretching
0: the floor. No. And, and, and like I said, they need, they need, um, Griffin and I, and it feel bad because Reggie Jackson is really having a, a a great series actually playing productive of where he needs to be playing and and like I said when they have everybody together and healthy this Pistons team is really pretty good I mean some people were saying if they were going to be facing up against Toronto that wouldn't have been a good matchup I mean, and everything is about matchups but yeah the, the, they're just they're just outmatched you know once you lose I, I get that's like you know think about it Indiana doesn't have Victor Oladipo. And, you know, you see how Boston's dominating. Now the Pistons are a lesser team than Indiana. But that's almost yeah. like saying, you know, what if Milwaukee loses Giannis? I mean, do, now are they the number one seed really in the East? No. So that that's what happened with the Pistons. I mean, without Blake Griffin, this Pistons team is, is pretty much almost like a lottery team, basically, that doesn't even make the playoffs. And, they, and that's kind of sad because they don't really have a lot of depth on that team, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that, I, that'll I be a quick one. This is the one of the things where I think I've said this before on the show for many years, where I wish the first round was three games because this is a series where they don't need an extra game to put the Pistons through more suffering.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think kind of just because of Detroit doing stuff on social media, it keeps just aggravating the questions. Well, we shouldn't have made the playoffs to begin with. Yeah, so we just get swept out of the first round, so we have a mid twenty stick rather than if we would have just, you know, missed the playoffs. It's like well, if they would have missed, like, if they would have it. missed
0: the playoffs, they would have had a top th- in the top thirteen. Now that they are in the playoffs, and they'll be the first one probably out. I mean, let's face it, they'll probably get 14, 15. Now nah, they're not going to get a mid twenties, but they're going to be at fourteen, fifteen, or sixteen.
1: Yeah, well, people are expecting them to, you know hey, we should have just tanked this season. We should have just gotten, you know, top five, try for Zion and all that stuff. No, that wasn't going to really happen. Like,
0: yeah. And not to mention with with Blake Griffin, you got to understand they don't have a lot of cash either. They're kind of cash strapped with the the, the Blake Griffin contract. I think that's the one thing that the the Pistons fans are a little upset about with is that you made the trade, and now is this guy going to be injury prone? Because if he is, you're paying the guy a lot of money. Right, and you're and now you're cash-strapped to make any moves, and, you know, now you're going to be pretty much a team where you probably could have had the opportunity to actually just really compete and not be at the eighth seed. You know, no one really wants to have a team that's always just barely making the playoffs every year or in that hamster reel of four through eight. And, you know, okay, we get to the second round, but we're paying big mega bucks to a guy.
1: Yeah, and I think kind of moving forward, a lot of people probably in Detroit are going to wonder, okay, is it feasible if you're going to play Blake Griffin and him be kind of the focal point, at least seemingly for the offense, what can we get from Drummond? And that's kind of rumors I've heard of of Drummond being that piece that they're willing to ship around, kind of big money, big DLP. If someone wants a big either for draft pick or to get some younger pieces and kind of not do a full rebuild, but I just try to. Reach
0: I, that I think loop. with I, I think with with how the NBA is going, and I feel I feel bad because actually Drummond is a great piece to have, where he can get you twenty points, twenty rebounds. You can throw it to the rim. Um, he, I mean, he's basically a Clint Capella on steroids, almost to say the least. And 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 when you need some baskets close to the rim, if guys aren't shooting well, that's a guy Drummond you would want to have. But because everyone is so, I guess, enamored with shooting nowadays in the NBA, I think he gets a, a bad rap and people want to blame him and say, well, you need to get rid of him and get this and that. And it's like, well, what can you get for him? I mean, you need a big in the NBA. You, you need a five. I mean, you can, you know, the stretch four, I think, position is really important as far as the bigs. But what he does, he does his role very well, what he's doing. I think, like I said, the pisses need to do is, for one, they need to figure out what they're going to do with Blake Griffin. Is Blake Griffin going to be healthy? Because he's the, he's the perfect stretch four for them. And then you got the big in Drummond. Then the, the 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 problem is what about the guard play? I mean, like I said, Reggie Jackson. Either he's hurt or he's is always inconsistent. Can we get a Reggie Jackson that just plays consistently well? That can help. They got Luke Kennard as a shooter. Okay, Ish Smith isn't a bad backup. But then after that, it's it, it's just a bunch of. Guys, And the only reason we got a bunch of guys is because of the Blake Griffin contract that you got to worry about. So, I mean, they, they, they've got a quandary or a quagmire to, to figure out there, David. And, and I don't know what they're going to do with it. The, they might have to get rid of Andre Drummond. Um, but I, like I said, with, with Griffin having that knee, I don't think anyone's going to really take on that contract.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because a lot of people, when Blake Griffin came to Detroit, it was kind of this renaissance that was going to be a revitalization of his career after leaving the Clippers, and then him going and being kind of a two-man kind of dominant up front with him and Drummond, but now it seems like, okay, how long can this experiment go? Because- well,
0: it, it, the experiment, well, if, if Blake is hurt... <laughs> And you know, what, what more can you do? Uh, it, it's a guards league. I think it can work. But at the same time, you're going to need some guard play and some shooters. And I think they've been trying to do that with Langston Galloway. And then they had Reggie Bullock till they got rid of him. But, once again, I think if they surround them with some really good shooters, they've already got Canard. But the, the key piece, and I've been saying it for years, is you need a guard that can really get some buckets on the perimeter, and I don't mean a guy that needs screens and everything like that. A guy to create their own shot. I, I can tell you, if they if they brought in Kyrie Irving just hypothetically over Reggie Jackson, the Pistons could be a top three team in the East. You have Kyrie, Blake, and Drummond. Now I know that's you know kind of you know absurd and stuff like that, but that's what I'm saying is that the experiment can work. But you're gonna have to need maybe a you're gonna have to shore up that guard position. You're basically gonna have to do that.
1: Yeah, and luckily for them, there are plenty of guards within this draft that, if they do end up kind of bowing out early, that may help them in the long run because then you can look at the draft, see if you can get either someone that can kind of be a combo, kind of one-two guard, someone that can run the point if Reggie Jackson is hurt, but then can also be a good guard if need be, or kind of, you know, someone that can help facilitate and kind of be more of a shooter and an orchestrator.
0: Right. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, David, we got planned for this uh, weekend.
1: All right. Football kind of as the draft comes up more NBA basketball, it's an exciting time. And then oh, there's that baseball thing. And, oh, congratulations to Tiger, by the way.
0: Yes, the Masters. <laughs> we forgot all that last we got. I was happy for him. Gave him a few claps to get that green jacket. Uh, we did earlier record the mock draft. We might have to re-record it because it got lost. It was a good one, too, uh, with the mock draft. Or maybe we can even if see if Frank even worked on his own one. But I'll try to still find it, but I didn't really save it. So... It might have been erased. But we got this one in for you. So, uh, David, once again, thanks for calling in. And I might have to hit you up maybe on Sunday so we can put it at least on the podcast.
1: All right. That sounds good. Works for me.
0: All right. That was David, the man of God, Harris, giving you the playoff scoop that we had. And then also, we'll hopefully get that uh, mock draft in for you. Like I said, we were recording earlier, and it just... Froze on. Me. That's how these, these these computers. I just basically need a new computer to be honest with you. Anyway, for uh, Frank and David, uh, I'm Derek Lawson. Thanks for Frank calling in and talking about Stevie. Y. I know he's uh really excited about that. This has been a presentation of eighty-eight point three WHTs. After further review, you can check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. If you miss us, and make sure you give us a rating here. Peace. We're out. Have a good weekend.